Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. I hope you guys have had a beautiful week. It's Friday, so exciting. I have a special guest on. I haven't had a guest on in a really long time, and so I'm super excited to have Phyllis from Fibroid Queen to just give us some some really good information on how we can help manage if we are having symptoms or how to avoid them altogether if, um, yeah, if you haven't had them yet. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I mean, this is just amazing. I'm so glad to be here with you and your followers. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you even get into this like lifestyle that you now lead? Yes, absolutely. So My name is Phyllis, founder of Fibroid Queen. And what I do is I coach and empower women on how to think, eat, and move to prevent uterine fibroids to live their best mindfully. And from coming at the tender age of eight years old to now, um, I've been able to turn what I thought was something um, negative, like like a death sentence being diagnosed with fibroids, that was my perception before to now as a passion and a way that I help other women be able to live beyond fibroids. And my journey was something um, so rewarding, but yet it took a while for me to get here as everyone else can relate that, you know what, you don't, you have to see the darkness before you see the light. Right. And, um, for most, fibroids is um, something that is looks like looked at as it being a hereditary thing. Where, you know, my mom did have fibroids, um, so you know, when I went to my doctor's appointment about 12 years ago for a wellness checkup, I was in my first year of nursing school. I was like, "Can I have an ultrasound because I want to make sure I don't have fibroids." Um, despite I was questioned, despite I had the triggers of uterine fibroids, which is bloating, anemia, heavy cycles, and bloating. And for most, it's not limited to that. But when you're having those symptoms, it's not normal. And yeah. um, the results came back that there was a quarter size fibroid on my uterus. So I was just told to monitor it, listen to the doctor. And looking back, I wish I would have taking more action. And what I mean is if you are listening and you've just been diagnosed with uterine fibroids, it is a sign that some chaos is going on in your body. And it's a sign for you um, to really assess and address anything that may be um, causing your body to not work efficiently or giving you symptoms or a relationship, the job that you're at, you know, you're experiencing 
um, issues with your weight, those are all signs that something needs to be done in your lifestyle. So I took that advice. I went back to my stressful life and fast forward <laughs> um, about 10 years later, um, it wasn't until I took a picture with some friends that I realized my abdomen was just protruded. I'm like, that can't be the fibroids that I, you know, kind of put on the back burner for the last, you know, so many years. And it took a lot of effort for me to go back to see um, and find out through the ultrasound that the fibroids went from that quarter size to regress to uh, almost nine centimeters. And that was the largest one of four. So I went from one to four, largest being nine centimeters. So that time I'm like, why is this happening to me? What, what, what did I do wrong? Is this a death sentence? Like, and fibroids are not that. The, the fact of them turning into um, cancer is like below 1%. Um, but I do want women to know that it is an illusion of something bigger going on in your body. So for me, standard treatments didn't resonate with me. Like simply just going and having surgery to take out the fibroids, cut them off my uterus was just not anything that resonated with me, knowing that they can grow back, knowing that that wasn't going to fix the problem. So I took matters into my own hands and started um, using myself as a guinea pig from the workouts I was doing to the thoughts that I was um, consuming myself with through the food I was eating. And I came up with a regimen that I call now in my wellness program, a way for me to manage uh, at least 90% of my symptoms. I mean, going from, you know, eight days of a cycle, four days being very heavy to now three days of a moderate cycle to, um, and feeling not as drained and um, low energy and all of that stuff. And also going from pain to no pain. I mean, that's just a couple of things that I've been able to improve on with this regimen I created. And I use this regimen to help other women where um, it entails intentional workouts catered to symptom management and breathing, nutrition, personalized nutrition, looking at the foods that you're eating and seeing where we can fix, adjust um, to make sure you're eating food that actually works for your body. And then last, doing mindset coaching to help you think differently, more in control of your body versus what society wants us to be, um, less feminine, uh, more masculine, and, you know, and also suppress our womanly parts. So I am on my practice to reach, and, and, and this is a constant practice, a feminine divinity. And wanting to help women reach that. And that's what I mean by um, living your best mindfully. We as women are so at a point where we're not living to our maximal potential because of you know, what society thinks we should do with our womanly parts. And you know, there's more hysterectomies that are going on that should be happening. That should not even be on the table as an option. So um, you know, I'm here as I'm now living my best and being able to um, eliminate a fibroid, a 470 fibroid two years ago, as well as 90% um, of my symptoms being relieved, I'm here to tell women, you know what? 
we can definitely get back in the driver's seat. We don't have to be on the back burner. We can have the babies that we want to have. We can manifest the relationship we want with our partner, but it starts with you. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it takes someone to walk through hell to kind of look back and go, wow, um, I have way more control over my life than what the doctors think. And yeah, we are shifting from the society that basically puts women below anything and everything. Um, I just saw a TikTok the other day about a woman saying this um, statistic where most clinical trials don't use women rats because they have four-day um, hormone fluctuations. So yeah. the, the, the trials are doable, but they're more time-consuming and expensive. So a lot of the drugs that go out don't even know like like how to respond to women's hormones they're just done on male rats and um yeah like considering we can get to the moon and back but we have you know very little knowledge about or I mean I think it's coming out now right like mm -hmm. when we were growing up like my mom had a hysterectomy at 32 she was completely undiagnosed with either PCOS or endometriosis or both she was lucky to have kids because she got knocked up early <laughs> um but she suffered a lot through, um, you know, from getting her period to the time that she had her hysterectomy. And um, yeah, it was because there was like, the doctor's like, oh, there's nothing we can do. There's no issues. And when they went in there, they literally found like a shriveled up ovary, one fallopian tube. And they were just like, we don't even know how you got pregnant because like, it's like awful down here. Um so yeah, and then like just the statistics of how many women are dealing with fibroids, with endometriosis, with PCOS, now unexplained infertility is a huge thing because we have all the autoimmune issues that doctors are not linking to these fertility issues. And that was my case, right? You're fine. You're fine. Like I walked into the doctor's office. Why are you here? You know, you're healthy. You have ovaries. You're cycling. Um, I dealt with ovarian cysts. And they were just like played off like, well, that doesn't affect your fertility. Like, it's just one of those things. And mine would grow. Um, sometimes they would shrink and just go away. But sometimes they would pop. And like, as you know, that's super painful. And it was just a sign that my body had a crazy inflammation. And I, I didn't know. So like, how could I listen to signs that I didn't know that were affecting my fertility and my health? But um, yeah, I'm super excited for women like us. Um, I know our journeys weren't <laughs> great. And <laughs> as we went through them, we didn't see the silver lining. But I think now we can look back and we can just change the narrative. So for so many women that are going to, you know, come up to these challenges, but they, you know, hopefully will learn from us. I know sometimes you have to learn for yourself, but at least have like that expander in your life. Like, I don't know if you had anyone in your life saying, actually, this is possible. You can change this, right? Like for me, I just um, listened to any health and wellness thing out there. No one was really directing it towards fertility. And I was like, well, it's, it's gotta be something, right? There's gotta be a connection somewhere. 
Um, and now the science is coming out and now people are backing up like, yeah, what you eat matter. What, what you eat matters. How you think matters. How you exercise matters. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting times, but also like sad times too, because um, you do get a lot of people just being like, well, that's woo-woo stuff. You know, that's crazy. You know, like when I started talking about gut health and fertility, um, like five, six years ago, people were like, you're insane. And now it's like a little bit more common, but yeah, some like people are like, well, like you say, like, how's, how's my fertility? How's my bits, my lady bits connected to my gut? They're not connected. Don't tell me that diet matters. And it's like, well, how does, how does, how does that function without you eating? <laughs> like when you take a supplement or a drug, where does that go? Your stomach. So yeah. therefore your gut has to at least play a little role in what's going down there. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, Monica is so, um, just so profound what you're saying is we are not connecting the dots. We're not connecting the dots that our bodies work as one. The systems are all connected. What's happening in one system is representation of dysfunction in another system. And that's why chronic illness is like the billion dollar industry, yeah. right? Because no one knows what's going on because we're not connecting the dots. And that's what leaves room for people like you and I to help women be able to connect the dots. And that's what I do during my consultations is really hear not their history and, you know, all of that stuff, but their story yeah. as from childhood to now, there's things that have what happened in your body that changed your chemistry. You were on antibiotics as a child all the time. You were, um, had a lot of food poisoning. Like all of that changes the way your cells respond. And a simple banana, something that's healthy is sometimes can cause someone else nausea, like myself, mm -hmm. because our bodies change and we need people to help us between our doctor's appointments and say, you know what? this is why this is happening. You know, your heavy cycles is not just because of the fibroids. It's due to all the dairy that you're eating, all the inflammation that's in your body. So, oh my God, yeah. what you're saying holds a lot of truth. Yeah, um, I do the same with my clients. It's quite funny because they want to give me a rundown of their um, fertility history. And I'm like, okay, that's great information, but <laughs> tell me about your past. <laughs> like, especially like the last few years where you probably fell off your fertility cliff. And I just had a talk with a client this morning. I'm like, okay, you started trying to conceive in 2019. So tell me about 2019. And it was like two suicides. My house burnt down. My dog died. My grandma died. And I was like, okay, whoa. I was like, that's insane. The mental and emotional stress that has been put on your body on top of just life and then trying to conceive. I was like, do you see now that, you know, if your body works out as one, that that's not a healthy environment. And the thing is with fertility, it, we don't need it to survive. So your right. body will literally just shut it down or not send all the nutrients or whatever the inflammation can start building up there because it's useless to the body really when the body is just trying to survive. Um, and we've just taken fertility for granted and we haven't you know, we, we all grew up in the society where you couldn't talk about periods, you couldn't talk about sex, you couldn't talk about, you know, ovulation, like, I don't know, when you were growing up, but we were scared to death of getting pregnant, where in reality, like, chances of getting pregnant are really low, if you know your cycle. <laughs> yeah. 
knowing your cycle, knowing your body, you know, and we're not given a, a blueprint of how to be a woman. We just, our bodies are reacting to the environment, to the people we're with, who we're eating. So it's like, we are such in a vulnerable position as women, but yet so powerful. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So what are your top tips? If someone has been clinically diagnosed with thyroids, or even if you're kind of just like, I have all those symptoms and I haven't got a scan yet, what would be like their first step to that they have control over that they can do at home? Yeah, that's a very good question. And Monica, I would like you to just say this. Um, for starters, I believe every woman has uterine fibroids until proven otherwise. Why? Um, up to 80% of women will get fibroids. And the thing is, um, we are all in the mix of knowing that our uh, bloating and different symptoms that we experience are for most considered normal. But all of those signs is a um, kind of reroutes to the hormonal status of the body, disharmony, the wound function. So I suggest all women, if you are at a place to do this and you're having any of these symptoms that um, was stated earlier to get a, if you can, an MRI, but an ultrasound to see uh, and make sure uh, not going on for you. So tips that I would give, number one is to minimize or eliminate, or minimize to eliminate. And starting off with dairy. For most people, uh, dairy is something that could cause a lot of inflammation. And also it can impact the absorptions of different things in the gut, like iron. And with fibroids, one of the symptoms for most is heavy cycles. So taking iron supplements and not really getting the benefit of it because of an, of an unhealthy gut really can start triggers for other things happening within the body. And it just starts into a snowball effect. So dairy, if that can be somehow um, eliminated. And with, and with the iron, because I actually worked with a client with really low iron reserves and she had thyroids, um, those thyroids can suck the iron out of you, right? They eat the iron up, so you become more deficient. So exactly. yeah, <laughs> just to put that in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it comes to thyroid, thank you for adding that. Um, so when you have all that and then, you know, dairy for what it is for the most part, um, it can really interfere with the body's normal functioning. So that is something you want to stay away from and look at more um, alternatives like pet milk, um, you know, um, looking at the back of the bottle and making sure there is uh, very little, um, if not any dairy in it would be the best thing to do. Number two is um, minimize to eliminate or minimize or eliminate um, hormone containing foods uh, like soy for most people and also meat. So the, the thing is when you're already on a hormonal imbalance, whether that be not just estrogen, because I know estrogen is talking about a lot, estrogen dominance, but you got to look at the other hormones too, like progesterone. You got to see that they're both off. So having um, a diet that's filled with um, hormone containing foods like soy meat can be a lot going on, especially if you're not doing anything to cleanse your liver. So my clients are usually put on a liver cleanse with herbs through my herbalist. That way they're getting on the right herbs because there's a lot of women that just research and just take whatever someone else is taking. 
and that may not resonate with your body. So you definitely want to be in a, um, in a program or some type of regimen where you're being monitored or, you know, have someone to be accountable for your uh, progress. And then the last thing I would say is to um, look into more fruits and vegetables um, because that's something we're lacking, especially when it comes to fiber. And what fiber does is it can bind to the estrogen in your body to help eliminate it out as long as you're you know, drinking the water that you need to, to have good gut motility, but it can really go a long way. So number one is um, if you can't eliminate dairy um, or do the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, 20% of the time. Um, and then number two is um, meat and uh, soy products, if that can be somehow um, taken a break from or eliminated out of your diet and then replace it with more fruits and veggies. And then if you are in a program, if you can, and what I do for my women is help them with their supplements, working with the doctor to see what supplements you need to be on to help replace the things that you have taken out so that your body is reaching a balanced state. Because a lot of us start taking things out and then we become malnourished because your body's like, what happened? What happened to the meat? You know, you were eating that. So um, those are my tips just to starters. If you just got diagnosed, this is something you can start doing today. Yeah. So with your meat products, is it more so like all meat, even like grass fed, organic um, meat is still off the counter or you want to eliminate the stuff that we know is like highly processed, like full of antibiotics, like pump full of hormones? Yeah. So the goal would be to, um, you know, eliminate it. But some people are like, you know, I can't, I, I just want to be able to minimize it. So either way you go, meat, fish, all of the, those type of foods are low vibrational food. So meaning that it's not alive, like fruits and vegetables. So energetically, if that resonates with you, then, you know, you're eating, you know, pretty much food that's just has no life to it. And that's why when after a meat filling diet, a meat filling meal, most people with hormonal issues get really tired because it's taxing on the digestive system. But on the flip route, if you want to just do the 80-20 rule, yes, you want to go for high quality meat, grass-fed um, uh, and high quality chicken. Um, I know for seafood, the smaller the fish, the better it has less mercury in it. So if you're following the 80-20 rule and you're still going to add that to your, you know, the way of, life, way of eating, then I would say go that route and get the high quality um, brands. Yeah. So if you're talking like a vegetarian type of lifestyle um, or, or even just going full vegan, then 100%, like you need to work with a specialist to get um, the supplements that you are not having from meat products. Um, or from animal products because with um, they're just so abundant in those you know amino acids and B vitamins and all that so um, yeah super highly important to you know watch your levels and like you say it's there's no one perfect diet out there for everyone and we have to really listen to our bodies so like we do food sensitivity tests um, in my with some of my clients, but I always say, I don't look at just that test that helps me guide you through what you need to do. But if you're coming with me with diagnosed autoimmune issues or suspected autoimmune issues, 
we will be eliminating um, lagoons and lentils and nightshades for a certain amount of time to give your body a reset and then start reintroducing those foods. And um, for most people, when they change up their diet, they start um, they start feeling good anyways because they just get rid of the crap. But it's the longevity that you really want. You want to know how long um, to be on a certain diet. And it could be seasonal. It could even be menstruational. You know, sometimes during your periods, you need more of certain things. And I think it's just really important for women to not be scared of the healthy fats too, right? Like we hear that word and we're like, fat, 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 I'm going to get fat. And it's like, actually, that's what your, your ovaries and your woman and your fertility love and need. So yeah, so those are great tips. Thanks so much for sharing those with us. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know about, um, you know, really supporting your body through uh, reversing this issue because it's a reversible issue. And then it's, it's probably a lifetime that you have to manage it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good point that you brought. So I really think about the analogy of a tree. So standard treatments are good. There's a place for them, but if we were to eliminate the fibroid triggers, um, as a way of measure beforehand, with in a progressive, personalized way, I really feel less of us would be in the situation. And if we do, it's it's going to be more of a way where there's something that can be done that's maybe a minimally invasive route. Um, because what women need to know is that you get any type of procedure or treatment you know, myomectomy is pretty the, the standard treatment for most women where they go in and actually cut the fibroids off the uterus. Just know that it does not leave, um, it does leave an opportunity for new ones to grow, especially if you go back to the same lifestyle. Yeah. But it's not any lifestyle. It's like finding the lifestyle that's progressive and personalized for you. And that's what I help women do is really help them connect dots and find what works for their body. Um, as one um, that has been through it, also a medical professional. And I've been at the point where I've done everything right. I've worked out, I was a fitness model. I did bodybuilding for years, but it still ended up with fibroids. So I had to be more intentional with my workouts. And that's what I call is my wellness workouts. And then my thoughts really, you know, knowing that my environment can really breed um, a lot of disease. And even though my mom had it, fibroids, I don't believe that it was just because she had it that I had to have it. Like my sister yeah. doesn't have it, but her and I grew up, diff, you know, in a different, you know, way. So, you know, knowing that you have more power in your hands to change a narrative of the generational patterns that's going on in your, in your, in your family, you know what, I leave it to you, queen, to really take control. And if you need that guidance, feel free to reach out to me at Fibroid Queen on Instagram. So. Yeah. So is that the place um, to find you? That's the best place is on Instagram? Yeah, you can find me there. And also my website, www.fibroidqueen.com. Um, my newsletter and just a way of getting something to start with. I have a, like a little grocery list there to give you an idea of what you can start doing now. So yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Finding Fertility. I'm super excited to connect with you and I'm loving the work you're doing to help support other women take control of their lives. And um, it's going to change them, right? It's going to change them forever. And hopefully we will have happier, healthy babies because of it and happier, healthier mamas, right? Like, because if you change this up, you'll be able to deal with all of the stressors kids come with. (laughs) All right. Well, you have a wonderful weekend and I'm sure we'll connect soon, hopefully on Clubhouse soon. Yes, we will. Thank you so much, Monica. It's been a pleasure. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.